Vicki Cornell, the wife of Soundgarden singer Chris Cornell, who uh, passed away yesterday, uh, issued a statement. Uh, she said, Chris's death is a loss that escapes words and has created an emptiness in my heart that will never be filled. As everyone knew him, uh, commented, Chris was a devoted father and husband. He was my best friend. His world revolved around his family. And uh, his music was second. He flew home for Mother's Day to spend time with our family. He flew out midday Wednesday, the day of the show, after spending time with the children. When we spoke before the show, we discussed a plan for a vacation over Memorial Day and other things we wanted to do. That doesn't sound like someone that's going to take their own life. She said, after the show we spoke, I noticed he was slurring his words. He was different when he told me that he may have taken an extra Ativan or two. I contacted security, asked them to check in. What happened is inexplicable. I'm I'm hopeful that further medical reports will prove uh, additional details. Uh, I know that he uh, loved our children. He would not hurt them by intentionally taking his own life. It's interesting that she said that, Chris, because uh, Chris Creston found a piece of audio from uh, the Howard Stern show back in 2007 where Chris Cornell actually commented on Kurt Cobain's suicide. It was a shame. But, you know, it's like a, it's a shame for... Um, his daughter, for one, yeah. it's a shame for fans, you know. But but really, it's a it, it's a personal thing, and I don't know. It was a it was a drag, and I wish it didn't happen. And I also think like if if he would have just kind of hung on for six months, who knows? Six months later, he would have been a completely different guy. Yeah. That's interesting and hard to hear, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It really is because that's sort of what you would think about uh, about him now. It, you know, he said those words about uh, about someone that he knew, but. Uh, when, Sometimes when, it's hard to take your own advice. Yeah, I think that that's that's truer than almost anything. I'm just sort of reading, uh, skimming over right now. The Detroit uh, News has a, uh, a obtained a police report that uh, uh, it, it explains a little bit of the situation of what happened when the uh, bodyguard, uh, when Chris Cornell's bodyguard broke down the door to get into the hotel room and. Um, do we really want to hear it? A lot of it's pretty uh, graphic. So yeah, I don't I'm, think I'm we trying to hear sort of sift through what uh, what I can explain here. Well, but while you that sift, band that we were talking about that yes, was uh, around, around his, neck. his neck was a a red exercise band. So I don't know if that's like a TRX band or something like that. Um, well, hey, I, I said it yesterday, and I still don't know. But uh, if it was accidental, sometimes that can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about the fact that his uh, lawyer is saying he had a prescription for Ativan. This is that drug that I told you I take when I fly, and I want to, you know, make sure that I'm Calm uh, well relaxed. slept. No, well slept. <laughs> and then I get there, and I'm kind of, if there's a time zone change, I find it easy to go to bed mm-hmm. and sleep. And then I, it's, it, it's a miracle for me. But, um, you know, I only take it when I fly, and if I'm flying long legs where the time change is going to affect me. But apparently the side effects of Ativan, according to his lawyer, include paranoid and suicidal thoughts, slurred speech, and impaired judgment. I had no idea. I should read the labels a little more carefully. Yes. Um, By the way, Chris Cornell, uh, quickly yesterday, um, after his death, it's interesting, but the Internet started to get very concerned over a man that they refer to as uh, now he's like the this woman of grunge. We marry? No. Fool around? Sure. (laughs) That's uh, Betty White. People just pointed out yesterday, Eddie Vedder just became the Betty White of grunge. Remember the guy that started crowdfunding last year? He wanted to make sure that people donated and he would fly out and make sure Betty White lived to 2017 because he was worried about all the celebrity deaths. That's what's going on right now with regards to uh, Eddie Vedder. People are rallying around him saying he's the last one left. Uh, Somebody tweeted out, I project protect the legend Eddie Vedder forever. Seattle, let's build a moat around Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder, the last Jedi. 
It's interesting. So uh, people are concerned about Eddie Vedder. Word is he seems to be doing okay. This isn't doing okay. If you were one of those people that used the absurdly expensive, and I had no idea it existed, the pause way on Queen's Key, it is a pet museum cafe and a space to let your pet, pets roam free and play together. It's permanently closing on September 5th. Yeah, this is like an indoor dog park. I, I've never gone there because I think you've got to pay for it. I've walked over there with my pooch to uh, give him a drink of water because uh-huh. they always have water bowls out there on a hot day. Uh, but he never wants to drink their water. I don't know what's wrong with it. Maybe. He's a bit he, of a snob. He's a water snob. Mm-hmm. Um, the TTC is uh, urging the city, or yeah, urging the city to stop the Toronto International Film Festival from closing down King Street. You know they want to do the pilot project. I guess it's going to start in October. That is after the Toronto International Film Festival. So usually they close down the uh, a big stretch of King Street for about ten days, and they, uh, you know, have all the red carpet events happen there, and some interviews, and fans get to enjoy sometimes bands and things like that. Well, it's uh, the Toronto International F- Film Festival generates about $189 million for the city and the province each year. And uh, this year it runs from September 7th to 17th. The city, after they get that uh, that King Street closed down mainly to cars, they, they don't want anything getting in the way of their uh, TTC, you know, their, their streetcar route, including celebrities, Hollywood types, and gawkers. I don't know. I, I think it's a bad idea. Whole TTC. The the, the the that streetcar pilot project to me is just feels like it's going to make things a whole lot worse on a lot of different streets. This idea of them, you know, not closing it down for uh, for TIFF. You know, a lot of streets get closed down for a lot of different things. TIFF, uh, from what I can tell, makes a lot of money and brings a lot of uh, attention to the city. So. You know, I th- I think we're closing down the streets for things that aren't doing that. So probably we should pick and choose uh, a little wiser what we're complaining about I, when it's, it's just going to be closing. and it's going to be confusing if you can only allow cars to travel for one block and then they have to hang a right to get off King Street. Think about all the people that visit Toronto and if they've driven here, they're not going to know what's going on. Give me a break. Um, this is interesting. If um, we are in an age where media. Uh, dealing with the media is, you know, the media is questioned. And in the age of Trump, it's not easy to be in the media. A study out of the UK looked into how, you know, journalists deal with stress, the stress of situations like this. Yeah, I think you've set a, a new bar today for being contentious with the press corps, kind of calling us losers to our faces and all that. Is no, this no, not all of you, just many of you. All right, fine. En- enough of us. Is, is this what not you did? Is it? Is this what it's going to be like covering yeah, you if you're is. president? Yeah, it is. is let, let me tell you. We're going to have this kind I'm, of confrontation in the press room. Okay. Yeah, it is going to be like this, David. Yeah, uh, it is like that. And so they wanted to figure out how journalists survive and thrive among the uh, stress of deadline pressure, low paying jobs, poor job security, and of course, public and political scrutiny. They drink and they eat lousy. A lot of caffeine, a lot of sugar, a lot of booze. And this is an interesting finding. Their brains were found to have uh, to be lacking in executive functioning departments that uh, encompass high level cognitive functions such as emotional control. Complex problem problem solving, multitasking, and the ability to suppress biases. However, they also found that people that are journalists, and I'm not a journalist, I've said that before, uh, found they excel in abstraction, the ability to detect and analyze patterns in the relationship that aren't immediately obvious. Mm -hmm. Anyhow. That left unbridled can lead to paranoia, though. 
And that's why you drink. Yes, exactly. That's hey, the bridal. Did you know this is bizarre? I just learned this today. Did you know that men are having hair transplants on their faces in order to grow beards? And, you know, it's incredible to me. With great mustache comes great responsibility. As well with the beard. You have to keep it groomed. This may be the reason why uh, men are wanting to have beards. There's a, a researchers from Australia decided to do a study on who we find more sexually attractive. And they basically showed pictures of men with stubble, big stubble, little stubble, uh, cleanly shaven, and full-on beards, right? According to the research uh, published in the Journal of Evolutionary Biology that hardly anyone subscribes to, I would imagine, um, women overall, the sexiest men were those who sported heavy stubble followed by short stubble. I Come find on. that look lazy. That's the that's the damn bachelor contestant look yeah it's Where, douchey yeah you know what happened you know i i hadn't shaved for a day or two i was getting that look and i looked at myself in the mirror and i said listen i gotta stop everything i'm doing right now and and shave and that's why i i look I, some appearance of clean shavenness today because i don't like to to walk around looking like well that. and you don't want to be all desirable because basically well, they find the them too. the sexiest they only want a one night stand with those people if you're looking for a long-term partner mm. guys grow a beard men with full beards apparently suggest uh that they to women they're looking at the pictures that they are the men that you want to commit to because they are more manly, they're more reliable. Well, because they're committed to that beard. I got to tell you, when you do have a beard, and I've grown a pretty thick beard in my day, when you've got that beard, the grooming process is grueling. There are days where you just want to take the shears to it and cut it right off, but you don't. And that's just like a marriage. A lot of times, <laughs> you, things get down and dirty, and you're thinking maybe it's time to leave, but you don't. And you stay committed to your wife, just like the beard. I, I thought when things get down and dirty, that's when you decide you're going to stay. Just yeah, me? All right. <laughs>